We kick off hour number three of the program. So there was a Pro Bowl last night? No. Yesterday? It was a flag football game. Oh, okay. Was it good? I don't know. I didn't even know what was happening. I thought they were just doing the skills competition thing, which I also didn't watch. No, they did a flag game. Eli coached the team and Peyton coached the team. I heard Peyton got screwed. Is that true? Apparently, mm-hmm. he was very upset. You know, he's a very competitive guy. Something about taking a knee, mm. but you can't do that in flag and run the clock, maybe? I don't know. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's kind of, really Kirk Cousins uh, play, man. He's a lot more athletic than I realized. What did he do? He got away from the pass rusher and spun out and threw a touchdown to Justin Jefferson. Did you see Trevor Lawrence evade a sack? in the end zone, and then throw a pick six. <laughs> no. He spun out and then did the Dan Orlovsky almost yeah. along the back line, but he's rolling to his left, so he had to really turn it and fire. Picked off, interception, touchdown. Well, don't you worry, Chris. I have the what we learned from the flag football game and the skills competition. Oh, great. This is good. Kirk Cousins and the NFC snapped the skid with the first win in first – Pro Bowl? What does that even mean? Not since 2012 had the NFC won an all-star showdown with its American rivals. Wow. That's a long stretch. That is a long stretch. That changed Sunday when uh, Cousins' touchdown to George Kittle was the game winner. The AFC had won five consecutive Pro Bowls after a span in which the all-star showdown was done with NFL legends helming teams with players from both conferences on their squads. Well, I'll tell you this. If you got to win a meaningless football game, there's not a quarterback in the NFL I would rather have than Kirk Cousins. If it doesn't matter, you know that you're going to get that dude's best effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to go out there. He's going to prepare. He's going to play well. He's going to protect the football. He's going to throw touchdowns as long as the game doesn't matter. And I commend him for it. A win's a win, this says, you know. What was their record this year? Uh, well, they were like thirteen and four, fourteen and three, and the regular fourteen and three. Something I don't know, thirteen and four, yeah, something like that. Just complete frauds all year, all year. Basically, won them by all by one score, right? It was eleven one score <laughs> yeah. wins, right? Like the first team to and ever do it, and then they playoffs. got they got smacked around. Uh, Derek Carr threw the final touchdown, the first edition rendition of the Pro Bowl games, but unfortunately. For the soon-to-be former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, he left Allegiant Stadium on the losing side. Mm. Any day now, Carr's likely to be traded or released by the Raiders, and the scene was set for him to victoriously wave goodbye to the Raiders faithful in the stands and perhaps give another hand gesture to any Raiders brass watching. It didn't come to fruition. Another? Did he do that? Did he flip him off? Oh, I don't know. Well, The QB struggled a bit in the flag finale with an interception to Buda Baker and some stalled chances before hitting Bengals wide receiver Jamal. Jamar Chase for a touchdown, and then Bills tight end Dawson Knox for the final score of the week-long festivities. His highlight will have to remain his Thursday showing when he won the precision passing event and was quick-witted when he remarked yeah, did that you he hear this? been that hot before that he wouldn't be leaving town. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. Big Derek Carr guy. Mm. You see who he said was the GOAT quarterback of all time? No. Peyton. That a boy. Took Peyton over Brady and, and everybody else, like Montana. Right, and, yeah. yeah. Young. Well, I guess Young's not really ever in that conversation. But where does he end up? Don't know. What makes sense? Derek Carr. 
First of all, he has a no trade clause. They're going to waive that, right? Yeah, they're going to waive so they didn't pay him all that money by the 15th, I think. I think any of those teams would take him, Wouldn't right? Wouldn't they just cut him? They could do that. I think they, dead I, money. Yeah, cut. Release, I think they save, they save a lot, though, if they do that. They cut him? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think... Did I read that? That that might be the move. Because, yeah, it's the, if he gets to the 15th... And then what's the other deadline in March when the New Year league, league year starts? New Year League year. I don't know. It might be the 15th again. Uh, I think it is, actually. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says, watch for the New Orleans Saints as a landing spot for Derek Carr. He played for Dennis Allen in Oakland, and that uh, the Carr-Saints connection was buzzing a bit in Mobile during the Senior Bowl. The Saints are absolutely a team that could use him after last season, you know. James Winston, Andy Dalton deal didn't do much. Did Dalton even play that much? Did he get hurt? Dalton played more like, than Jameis, I thought. Well, I know that, but yeah. it felt like they were going with uh, Taysom Hill a lot. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the big news on Friday evening was that they were letting him talk to other people, you know. The Raiders already granted Derek Carr permission to speak with other teams interested in trading for him that have also agreed to compensation with Las Vegas. I like Derek Carr. I'm rooting for him. Okay. Uh, the Raiders going to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. Devontae well, Adams wants him to make that move. Yeah, they asked Devontae Adams, like, what's your pitch to Aaron Rodgers to come here? He's like, I'm here. Let's go. And that's it. Pretty simple. That seems like a pretty good pitch, yeah. considering that connection when those two were. And Rodgers won the, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, is that right? Maybe he should just he do did, Jeopardy yeah. and golf. I mean, does he even need to play football anymore? No, he doesn't, but apparently he wants to. All right. Who, who was his partner? Uh, last name was Silverman or something like that. Ben Silverman. Yeah, Ben Silverman. I don't know. And then second place was Josh Allen and somebody. Okay. Josh Allen, pretty good golfer, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody said that Josh Allen's too good a golfer. You, want, you don't want your quarterbacks being that good a golfer. That means they're not focused on football. I thought Aaron Rodgers was better than him. Is he not? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, someone posted like the numbers of what uh, Josh Allen hits like every club. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. That was good. Yeah, I mean, like three fifteen on the driver. Yeah, and then he looks like a dude that can just smash <laughs> as big as he is. Yeah, but apparently he's like really accurate with his irons. Really, I don't know if he can putt. It was like a one handicap or something insane, right? Isn't that what Rodgers was? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I thought he tried to qualify for the U.S. Open not too long ago. I thought it was Romo. It was Romo. I think they were trying to talk Rodgers into it, and he no, was like, no, no. Josh Allen's like a nine handicap. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. From the Pro maybe Bowl gotten, to golf. Maybe it's gotten better. Maybe that... You remember when they when the non golfing football guys though had to do like the par three close to the pin? That was hilarious. Yeah, more stuff like that. We how many years have we said that? Like make these great athletes do things they're not great at. It's so easy. They never do it. They never listen. Maybe this is a different Josh Allen. I don't know. With the non. There's lots of Josh Allen's, you know what I'm saying? No, this sounds pretty sure that's him. Right, yeah, yeah okay. pretty sure. 
Could be wrong. All right. Pretty sure. We'll come back with more Hour 3. Uh, some people are saying Tennessee's football schedule looking pretty good. It uh, looks a lot better after some uh, hires in and around the conference. I'll, mm-hmm. you, you hate to say that out loud, but uh, I'm just not, I, tell you about not very impressed. Hour three continues. Appreciate you joining us. As we go over, uh, you know, Victory Monday. Uh, <laughs> you do it. Um, I don't know. All right, we're going to talk some football. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do that. I'm tired of basketball anyway. Football Monday. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, real quick, like, Games like that, especially it being a victory, are those not the hardest ones to kind of talk about? Yeah. Okay. I think it is. I think you're right. Like, it's not like there were so many great plays, big-time shots that were made. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Twitter is so abuzz about the uh, no-call there at the end. You're surprised it is abuzz about it? I'm surprised there's this much, like, hoopla around that play. Yeah. Breaks my heart. I mean, there was a lot of contact for there not to be a call. I don't disagree. Then, like I said, if it was me on the other end, I'd be livid. But, yeah. uh, like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that both of these teams played so bad that, like, if if it had been the other way around, I'd probably be like, yeah, we deserve yeah. to lose anyway. Like, that's... <laughs> you wouldn't have been mad about it? I didn't say I wouldn't be mad. I just said I'd... I would have been mad for, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Hope I didn't just jinx us. <sighs> yeah. Whew. Oh man, this is huge. Cody Pitt mm. broke the major league fishing record by catching a 13 pound, six ounce largemouth. Wow. Out of Toledo Bend in Texas. I think it's Texas. Is that the one? No, Sam Rayburn's on the border. Mm. Yeah. So there's that for you. All right. It's exciting. No, it is this one. I guess. Is that exciting? Is that exciting? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? How excited is That's the, a giant. How excited is uh, Alabama about their new hires? I think Peter Burns said it best uh, this morning. Yeah. Love PB. Uh, he said, let's be honest. It wouldn't have mattered who Nick Saban hired. He could have hired Lane Kiffin for OC and Kirby Smart for DC, and people would still have a problem with it, mm. Bama fans. However, as true as that may be, if I'm an Alabama fan waking up today and we got Tommy Reese yep. from Notre Dame as your offensive coordinator and Kevin Steele as your DC, I'm not feeling too good. I'm not feeling too good at all. Kevin Steele, huh? Tennessee alum, former Tennessee coach, interim head coach, was here two months. Yeah, I got paid a pretty penny for it. Nine hundred thousand, I believe, for those uh, those two months. Pretty good gig, uh, if you can get it. Uh huh. 
Steel 64, a veteran SEC defensive coordinator. He is, he he is, a, at, he is a veteran. That's... He had been at the University of Miami last year. Yeah. This is um, the third time he will be on Nick Saban's staff. He was Saban's first defensive coordinator in 2007. Huh. Okay. Alabama's uh, defensive coordinator job was open after Pete Golding left for Ole Miss last month. Which Rebels coach Lane Kiffin attributed in part last week to quote some family things for Golding. Family things. Yeah. Yeah, well, those are those do come up from time to time. Uh Kevin Steele last year at Miami. He gave up 17 to Texas A and M, which was good enough to lose to Texas A and M. Not gonna they, not gonna yeah. necessarily blame that all on Steele. But then he gave up 45 to MTSU. They um, roasted them over and over that game. I remember watching They gave up 27 to North Carolina, lost by three. They gave up 45 to Duke. Mm. They gave up 45 to Florida State. They gave up 40 to Clemson and 42 to Pittsburgh. Now, granted... Going to have a little more talent right, at Alabama. Right, right. But. Well, he's definitely not going to be somebody that's just going to like fight Nick Saban and try and do a bunch of newfangled things, you know? Oh, no. He's going to come in there and do whatever the boss says. Steele's first 10 years defense coordinator for Saban ended after one season when Kirby Smart was promoted to that position in 2008. Steele spent that season coaching inside linebackers before leaving for Clemson. Wait, he got demoted the last time he was under Saban? What? After one year, yeah. <laughs> He returned to Alabama in 2013 in an off-field personnel role. Then served. Was that after he had the snap? Yeah, I think because he was at Clemson, right? Yeah. Then served as linebackers coach in 2014. Still later spent five seasons, 2016 to 20, as Auburn's defensive coordinator and served as its interim head coach for the Citrus Bowl after the firing of Gus Malzahn. He spent the 2022 season as defense coordinator for Miami under former Saban assistant Mario Cristobal. I think Kevin is just really sound fundamental. All right, Saban said before the 2020 Iron Bowl. Did you add the I right, or did they type it in there? <laughs> I had oh, okay. You win with execution. <laughs> They're players who are good job of executing. This is him talking about when he's at Auburn, so obviously he's going to say good things. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I guess they did beat him a couple times when he was at Auburn. Maybe, yeah. The Hurricanes defense finished last season tied for 67th among 131 FBS teams, allowing 26.8 points per game. Finished 65th and allowing 376.5 yards per game. In addition to Golding, who coached inside linebackers, Alabama also lost its safeties coach, Charles Kelly. Mm-hmm. That name's familiar. To Colorado this offseason. Most of Steele's coaching experiences involved linebackers. Alabama reportedly hired former Southern Miss defense coordinator Austin Armstrong last month but has not yet announced his position responsibility on its defensive staff. Armstrong's background also involves linebackers. Another so we're former, coaching up these linebackers. Another former Tide defensive coordinator, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, was I, tied to Alabama search this offseason, but his status remained unclear while the NCAA investigated level one infractions. Just a handful of them. Tennessee that led to his ouster as Vols head coach two years ago. Former Georgia and Florida defense coordinator Todd Grantham, who spent last season as a coaching analyst for Alabama, reportedly interviewed for the D.C. 
job, but instead took an assistant coaching job in the NFL for the Saints. Last Ooh, week. would I have rather them hire Grantham or Steele? That's a good. That's a pretty good one. Grantham just went to the NFL. Saints, yeah, yeah just Saints. read that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> defensive analyst or something, I think. Assistant defensive, something. Not know. even like. I mean, Grantham. He was he was really just hot and yeah. cold at Florida, like yeah. really hot and cold. Yeah. Ran both ways. Mm. So Miami didn't probably go to steal. A bowl game probably steal. No. no. The Tide is expected to fill its offense coordinator vacancy with Notre Dame's Tommy Reese. Imagine. I don't think um, Notre Dame's offense was very good this past year, were they? I don't think so. They started out they lost their did their didn't their like number one quarterback like drop yeah, out yeah. and like transfer or I thought he got hurt something. like the first game or something. But then their next guy came in and was doing all right and then I think he left the program or something. I don't know. I can't remember. Hmm. Sad when they just leave like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's sad. Tommy Reese will have his hands. Or work cut out for them in Alabama. They don't return a lot, do they? No, they don't. And that's what it was interesting. Uh, Greg McElroy, who probably, just being honest, would never say a bad word about anything right, Alabama. Right. He said, "Yeah, this is this is going to take Alabama back to the 2009 and 2012 years. They're going to run the football, play action, which might work. If but see, that's the thing that worked back then because they were so much more talented than everybody, right? And now." I mean, you got to score, mm-hmm. and I don't think Alabama fans are going to be very happy with, you know, eighty-yard drives that end in a field goal. Could be, could be wrong. Let's see, what did Notre Dame do offensively last year? Yeah, I was just pulling that up. Same, same thought. They were nine and four overall. Obviously, they got off to the, to the rough start. They had to open at Ohio State. Only scored ten points there, mm. and they only scored twenty-one in the loss to Marshall. I mean, honestly. They don't lose the Marshall game. Their season's pretty, pretty good. good. Um, I mean, and they obviously could have beat Marshall and Stanford. And if they win those two games, no one's really unhappy with the season much at all. In fact, they would have been probably in playoff talk again if they had gotten to that USC game with only the, the Ohio State loss. But they lost to USC 38-27. Should have lost to Cal. Uh, when was that one? Oh, yeah. Right after Marshall. Mm-hmm. They scored 45 at North Carolina. That was like one of the worst defenses of any Power 5 teams. Uh, I think they were the worst. They did score 35 against Clemson, which that's pretty good. They scored uh, uh I think they had like two block punts returned for uh, touchdown. I think you're right. Now that you're, now that you're uh, right. Let's see. Their first touchdown was a block punt return. I remember that. And then they had a pick six. They did score 45 to wrap up in the bowl game. Uh, and they scored 27 in the loss against USC. So I don't know. Like USC was not very good Jeff defensively. Is good, bad, ugly. I don't know. They were 60th overall in offensive production. Okay. So 39th I mean, nationally in terms of total offensive efficiency. What were we in those categories? One and one? Probably. <laughs> was Reese the offense coordinator in the year before also? I think so. Ooh. So uh, he was quarterback's coach. Yeah, he got. 17 to 19. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. So about twenty twenty one. I don't. I guess he's been doing it the last three years for yeah. Notre Dame, probably. He was big on know. getting Freeman. I just wonder how much was Kelly's offense during those years, and then if, did he mm, yeah. like put his own spin on things this past year? Uh, I'd say probably. 
Because no one went with Kelly except their special teams coach, and they were absolutely abysmal on special teams. I think Notre Dame lost their DC too. I mean, I can do it sounds like they'll like he's he's a fine coach. I just we don't uh, with Alabama talent, anybody that's competent can have a pretty good year. It's it's is he going to win those well, top? My question one about or two both him and Steele is like, what's your thing? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've said this about Notre Dame for oh, I don't know what the last 10 years like they're just kind of solid like they get decent quarterback play they've got decent running they usually do have like a baller tight end but I, I don't know and then Steele I mean I feel like everyone just knows him for getting what 70 hung on him by West Virginia and then like mentally break what'd you say in that game he was calling plays that like didn't exist that's what somebody said for Clemson like he's calling plays he ran at like Alabama five years ago or something I'm not rooting against Kevin Steele as a person, but now that he's at Alabama, he's the enemy. No. Uh, found some info on Reese's offense stuff. I don't know. We may hit down the flip side or jump to something else. Stick with us right here to find out on 3 now. <laughs> Welcome back to Three and Out Monday Edition, right here on Fan Run Radio. Man, looking at this football schedule. No, you no, you were going to tell us about Tommy Reese. Oh yeah, you said stay tuned to find out. Uh, he's pro style. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of shotguns, a lot of spread, uh, some multiple stuff. You know, does use the tight ends, a lot of boot action. I mean, uh, Ty Simpson more so than Milrow or whatever. What is his name? Milrow. Milrow, yeah. I mean, there's not really enough of a book on him. I don't – it's hard when – unless a guy has been hired by, like, a defense coach and that coach says, here, do it however you want, it's hard to know truly what their philosophy is. Like, we saw Tyson Helton come here into Jeremy Pruitt and just get handcuffed. Not, Safe to say. Not do what he wanted, you know, not not – Got to run the ball, Tyson. Put extra guys in the box. We can block them. Coach, they got nine on the line. You want to get fired? (laughs) Run the dying ball. Because Western Kentucky lights it up. Uh, So, I I mean, I'm sure with the Alabama talent, they'll be pretty good on offense and be pretty good on defense. The question is, can they win the biggest two to three games on their schedule every season? And as the talent gap's kind of shrunk with them and – I mean, I guess statistically it hasn't. Like, they're still the second most talented team in the country. It just feels like they don't have, I mean. Such a huge advantage position in Well, like offensively this year. I mean, when Jameer Jameer Gibbs went there, I'm like, oh, God. He was was really good. He was really good. But the receivers weren't. But it was like he was the only one they had at running back. And for years it was like they got eight guys. It was like, oh, bring in the next guy. Oh, 80-yard run. Bring in the next guy. 40-yard run. Josh Jacobs is like a three-star goes there, Mm -hmm. and he turns into a stud. But then defensively, and maybe it's just because I personally didn't think Hank T was like some all-American linebacker. I thought he was really good. Mm -hmm. But then Will Anderson – in certain games where you would expect him to show up, like Darnell Wright owned him. Yeah, when we played Alabama, like you didn't hear Will Anderson's name called. Right, and people are seeing that now. Darnell Wright's actually really, really good. He's probably going to be a first rounder. 
But it's just, I don't know. I don't look at Alabama's team, or at least I didn't this last year, and just look across the field and you're thinking, look at all those just amazing big fest. Like, they haven't been as good in the secondary. And for years under Saban, they, that was mm-hmm. like you were going to get locked down by Alabama passing the football, especially if you tried to go deep and go vertical. And what did we do to them all night long? Yeah. Went deep, went vertical, and got, got behind them. So and I, I just wonder, like maybe Saban wants to be a little more conservative on offense, and if, but it just feels like the way the game's going, that's not the way you're going to. I think what he's trying to do is find somebody that will run an offense like Georgia. I think mm. I think one of the things Saban does that's a credit to him, instead of just being the we've said We've said this a, long, a lot. The same yeah. way over and over and over. I think he looks around college football, sees what's working, and starts emulating it if he has trouble with it. So uh, and especially something that has – because I don't know about you, but like when I watch Tennessee play offense, there's a little bit of fear that's like, okay, in two or three years, the teams start kind of figuring this out and catching up. I think what Georgia did this year, there's there's no like secret plan no, I mean, to if, defeat if, that offense. If you have the athletes if you, yeah, exactly, the line exactly. play like that. I mean, you need a trigger man that can make the right decisions. But like you know, Stetson Bennett wasn't. I mean, they the scheme got guys open, the talent got guys open, the tight ends were really really good. And so, he and he was good enough. Yeah, I mean, he, he I say that decisions. he was. Yeah, he, was he, he made really smart decisions, and he had just enough legs to you know make oh, a play when he had to make yeah. a play. I mean, remember the first, basically the first big college football play of the year when he just yeah. spins back and forth against Oregon and he finds did, that guy he for did a touchdown. The same thing uh, to TCU. Yeah, on a huge third down where he spun out, and got the first down, just running it. I mean, and he ran the ball in for a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, what do you have like nine rushing touchdowns that's or something? Crazy man, I think. I think Saban might be just looking for like a young version of somebody that's multiple like that mm-hmm. that uses the tight ends. It's still a lot of shotgun, a lot of spread. I think what's maybe giving Saban's defense trouble is all the movement going laterally across yeah. the field. And so he's like, let me get an offensive guy that can do that to other defenses. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if Saban sits down with the Reese's like, hey, this is some stuff Tennessee did that we really struggle with. Is there a way to incorporate this? Yeah, some the, of these the stacks, the free releases yeah, and, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So, and then here's Georgia. Look at all their guys going right, left to right yeah. and right to left. Let's confuse some people. And when you get quarterbacks that it seems like every quarterback now is more athletic than they ever have been. The, the oh. pocket passer guy still runs way better than the old school right, pocket passer yeah. guy. The like the worst athletic pocket passer now would be considered a dual threat like mm-hmm. seven years ago. Yeah, they're all just really good athletes. So I. I'm more uninspired if I'm an Alabama fan by the Derek or uh, the Kevin Steele yeah. hire. That like, just feels like you're just. I mean, I, that sounds to me because what did Saban say? Fundamental, right? Funda- did he just think there were a lot of just dumb busts maybe, this year? Maybe. Like, hey, if we just we have the athletes, let's just tighten up and be smart and not get you know beat on the stupid stuff and then just go make a tackle. Alabama opens with MTSU at home, then they have Texas at home. Week two, then at UCF, then an early game against Ole Miss um, at home. That's their first uh, SEC game. Then at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M, Arkansas home. And the good thing for Tennessee again is it's the last game before the bye when uh, Alabama hosts Tennessee. They do host Arkansas the week before, but I mean October twenty first, it's going to be Tennessee at Alabama. Alabama will have not had a bye week yet because they still put their bye before LSU. 
Uh, I'm not mad about that. Tennessee will have the bye before A and M, right? Then the road trip to Alabama. Yeah. So Tennessee, and that'll be their eighth straight game, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Virginia, Austin P at Florida, UTSA, South Carolina. The only road game in there. That first five stretch is the road trip to Florida. Then a bye week, another home game against A and M. Then you go to Alabama. It doesn't look like A and M got a quarterback in the transfer. They got that Connor Wigman guy coming back as their starter. I, I know they got, I they got somebody as the OC. Maybe you were thinking of that. They got Calzada last year, and then he left. Yeah, he went to Auburn, right? Jeez, that's not. That's not very oh yeah, good. That, yeah. Sorry, he's now left Auburn. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, um, here. I'd be more worried about A and M if we had to go there. Obviously. Well, and don't forget, you know, you mentioned how important that Florida game is, your only road game in the first five. They opened the season at Utah. Utah brought their quarterback back, I think, rising as well. He's back? Yeah, I think he decided he withdrew thought, his name from the draft. I thought he was like a seventh-year senior or something. Good for them. I'm pretty sure he's back, yeah. Final segment of the program. Back at you next. Final segment of the program. If you miss any portion, check out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes so you get those directly to your device. Talked a lot of Tennessee basketball today, of course, after the Auburn win. And, uh, I don't know, just peeking at the football schedule. The lossiest feeling win Uh, of the year so far. So weird. I mean, normally if it's a top 25 game, you just win. feels good. Like, get it done. doesn't matter, right? But it has been a weird year, college basketball. I mean, can you imagine if we had lost it and lose two in a row to Florida and Auburn? Ugh. Westchester tweeted earlier, this team has not lost two games in a row this season. It's good. But our, our gaps between losses are shrinking a little bit. I just don't want to be a hypocrite, man, because a lot of times we're like, I don't care what it looks like, just win. Yeah. You know, that's everything, and they did. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't think either of us are mad that we won. Right. Just we had some things to clean up. Got to tidy up the offense yeah, a little it's, bit. It's not, it, we're not mad that we didn't win by more. We're mad that no, we that's might I, do this in the future. Yeah, and, and, I th- and what we said, like, if, if you win 83 to 80, it feels a lot different than yeah. 46 to 43. I mean, really, if it was 66-63, we'd you'd feel fine, you know? Yeah. Which is weird. If we were winning games against bad teams, yeah, like you said, like scoring 100 but giving them 97, we could be mad about that too, I guess. And, and, and not mad's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Like, you're, you're, you're trying to project what this means for the future. And I, I think everyone's realized at this point, with the defense being this good, you just need to hit a couple more shots. And then instead of – Hoping that they don't call a foul on the last second three on Wendell Green, yeah. you're up by eight and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That that's where I was at. It was just like, man, just a couple more shots here and there, a couple more trips to the free throw line here and there, and this is a much different, you know, final thirty seconds. Because with this defense, like you do have the potential to win every game, but you just have to hit a few more shots. Auburn is three hundred and fifty second in the country at shooting threes. Three, I mean, that is... I feel like we're chasing them down. That is <laughs> we're crazy. following them down the hole. Nah, we're like four percentage points better. I mean, it's crazy. Their uh, their 
three-point defense did get a lot better after that game, though, <laughs> Saturday. We really helped them out in that category. Yeah. Just dragging the SEC down. I really don't understand. I, I really don't understand why Bruce Pearl didn't try and take more chances to turn us over and get some easy ba- uh, baskets, or just run more. I think last year though they had some problems with uh, Katie Johnson, especially like turning the ball over, like some just awful turnovers in transition. And so they're and they know they have a good defense this year, mm-hmm. so they're playing more conservatively on offense, so that they don't give up points on the other way. And that's probably kind of what happens to Tennessee at times as well. Like we don't have a lot of point guards to go to, so we can't exactly have Ziegler, Ziegler flying up and down the court, right. multiple possessions, and then still playing thirty eight minutes. So unless it's a pretty obvious break situation. It, turns into kind of a half-court game, really, for both those teams. It was just it, – it's just so fascinating because I thought Texas had pretty good guards, but Ziegler got to the rim a bunch. And then against Auburn, he wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was because Broom would come over. Like, he had to take a few of those little floater jumper things. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, even Auburn's wing players are were longer than yeah. Texas, you know. Quicker, too, probably. Yeah. Big one Wednesday night. It kind of is. In-state rival. It is. It's as big as it can be with Vanderbilt not I mean, they're not a very, good team. Yeah, they, I was going to say they're not very good. It's still, though, just a get-right game. Like, and not in the cupcake way either. Like, um, you know. Have we shot better on the road this year? Um, do they do a home-and-away split on any of those stats? Mm-mm. We didn't shoot it well at Florida. No, we shot the lights out against LSU. Mississippi State. I think we were okay. I think we were okay. South Carolina. Blew them out. Ole Miss was ugly. That was ugly. That was first conference. You lost game. at Arizona. You scored 70. Uh, you're definitely not like shooting it way better at home. I'll, I'll say that for <laughs> yeah. sure. I guess that's what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, like normally a team that shoots it really poorly, like, oh, I mean, on the road, we really can't shoot. At home, we're better. But this this team is not that way. Early outlook, how are you feeling about Wednesday? Can we get right? Can we score? I think they'll – yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be like floodgates open. I think it'll still be a bit of a struggle, but I think we'll – I think we'll improve. And I think it might be kind of like the last game. I mean, it was touch and go with Vanderbilt for a while. Yeah, they took the lead right at the half. Remember the, the guy no, got yeah. the steal and the layup? I think it was – stole the end of the half there. Mm-hmm. by nine, right? Yeah, yeah you won by nine. For Didn't we? Points. What did we score in the second half of that game? I feel like we kind of went off offense. I mean, they did too, mm. but we had like a really good second half on offense. I don't remember the exact score. Oh, man. The final score was uh, 77 to 68. The first half score was Vanderbilt 39, Tennessee 37. Second half score was Vanderbilt 29, Tennessee 40. Okay. So you went 37 and 40, but. You really locked them down. The yeah, half. I think I'd take. Uh, I think I'd take forty points a half from this team going forward and just let it play out. Thirty-five. That's the number. I'm just saying forty would be better. Okay. Forty-one maybe. Caps. <laughs> yeah, forty-two would be even better than that. Forty-three, forty-four. Should we just count in the show? Forty-five. Ah, there you go. Oh, you, you can get the fifty though. That's a hundred points. That's ah, a hundred point clip. Yep. Yep. That just looks good. Scrolling across the ticker. What do we drop to today? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't even look what the other teams did. No, Houston won. 
We know Purdue lost. Purdue lost. We're not in trouble. That's not going to matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, four? That's what I'm Five. thinking. Four. All right. We'll uh, break it all down tomorrow. Keep it locked in for more Fan Run Radio. You're listening to FM 105.7, AM 1340, WKGN Knoxville, and W289CU Knoxville. Fan Run Radio. If you or a loved one has been injured,